Okay, Boker Tov, we continue in the Gemara Moed Katan Yud Gimel Ahmed Aleph. We were discussing if you can hire someone who needs food and you don't necessarily need his work so much as that we need to feed him, are you allowed to do this? So this was a Shiloh that the Gemara asked and the Gemara had proved that you can do it from a previous Mishnah. So now, the Gemara is not satisfied with proving it one way. They're going to, Rav Sheshis is going to come along and try to prove it the other way. So, Mosiv Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis questions the Gemara's ruling from the Mishnah and now finds another Mishnah in Meseches Psachim. Now, it's going to, Rav Sheshis is going to want to equate the idea is, well, we've already proven you're not supposed to work on Cholomoid in general. It's also an aspect you're not supposed to work on Erev Pesach. Okay, so what Rav Sheish is going to do, he's going to say, oh, look, look at what they say about Erev Pesach you can't do. So that should be the same thing you can't do on Cholomoid, which will be contrary to what you just concluded. That's the direction this proof is going to come from. So understanding that there are certain activities that are prohibited on Erev Pesach. So the rabbi said, but certain ones are allowed. So now let's see what is allowed on Erev Pesach. The rabbis say, There are three crafts that can be done on Erev Pesach until midday. Okay, after midday, it's categorically prohibited. Okay, that's what Mishnah says. At midday, air Pesach, you have to be very busy, especially when you had a base of meat, you had to bring a carbon Pesach. What kind of business are you working on air Pesach when after midday, that's when you can bring the carbon Pesach? So, how are you going to get rid of That's for sure. Question is, you can't. Question is, okay, what about in the morning? So in general, they said not either, because how are you going to get ready for Pesach? But that already said it depended on local custom. So the rabbi said, okay, in some places, there are three types of crafts you can do. Okay, but it's interesting. The Mishnah here is speaking even in places where it's customary not to work on Erev Pesach. These three crafts are permitted. So again, to get the understanding of this Mishnah clear, Really, um, we're speaking in places where you're not allowed to do anything on Erev Pesach, even before Chatzos. But the rabbi said, okay, even though it's not allowed, there's three things that are allowed to be done. Okay, so from this aspect, we're going to want to equate whatever it says in this Mishnah by Erev Pesach, we're going to equate it to Cholomoyed. That's the direction we're going to. So what are the three professions? Hachayotim, tailors, Vasaporim, barbers, vehakivsim, and launderers. Okay? And Bryce is going to teach us why are these three people allowed, what basis this is allowed. These three seem to be unique to some aspect. So now we're going to make a comparison. Oh, you see, on Cholomoyed, these guys can do the jobs. So now you understand why Erev Pesach, they can do the jobs. Hachayotim, the tailors can work on the morning of the 14th. Shechein hedyo, tofer kedarko, v'cholamayit. 
because an unskilled person can sow in his usual manner during Cholamoyed. So since you can do it on Cholamoyed, which we generally can't do any work, so you can do it on Erev Pesach before Chatzos as well. <laughs> because if it's skilled, we're not allowed to do that. That's already much more difficult work. Isn't the tailor right? What? Okay, so let's look at the note here. Most crafts may not be performed even by an unskilled worker, and even for a festival need, for they're regarded as a maisa umen, a work of a craftsman. In the case of tailoring, however, we find a partial easing of this provision that an unskilled worker may sow in his usual manner for the sake of the festival. That's the uh, and what's the issue over here? The issue is that a guy who sows, skilled or unskilled, he's dying work. He's doing work. But we, but there's a need. Obviously, there's a need. The button falls off. Yeah, your button falls off. Your button falls off. You go with clothes without a button. That's unskilled work. Right. So whatever. You still have buttons. Listen, they didn't have eight pairs of pants. That if one isn't good, we'll just put a different pair of pants on. They had one pair of pants. Okay, right. so they have one pair of pants. So skilled work, all right, that's really too much work. Tailor was skilled work. What? I don't know where they got unskilled tailors. So I don't know. Yeah, anyway, we're, we're small jobs, some small jobs. Yeah. A small yeah, okay. Small job. Right, we, so there's in an unskilled worker, not all t- tailors, but to do tailoring. Okay. Tailoring. Can Can't do that on Cholamoid. So they're bring, so they're saying just like we see by Cholamoid, you can do it. We can do it on Erev Pesach as well. Not it seems non-professional. So that okay, that that's I understand what you're saying because Chayotim is it seems to be saying the tailors. So it seems that must be some kind of professional can be done as well. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, you'll see. Okay, I understand what your issue is. So what's the proof to begin with? Anyway, right. I hear. But anyway, that's what they're bringing. Okay, so I lost the place. Hasaporim. Vakovsim, the barbers and the launderers can work on the air of Pesach. Why? Remember, we learned if a guy came from across the ocean or just got out of jail on Cholomoyed, we said, He can get a haircut and he can launder the clothes on Cholomoyed because he didn't have an opportunity before this. Okay? So, remember we said, you normally can't get a haircut, you normally can't launder on Cholomoyed. But there are certain situations where it's allowed, as we've already discussed. Since the law of Cholomoyed is more stringent than that of Pesach Eve, the sages rules that if on Cholomoyed these acts are permitted to some people, then on Pesach Eve they should be permitted to all people. Remember, Cholomoyed is even a stricter prohibition. Okay? So therefore, you see, by the stricter, that's the answer. By the stricter, there's some allowance. So on the 14th, which is less strict, we give a little more allowance for that. Okay? Right. Because cholamoid, really, it's a moed. You're really not supposed to work at all on cholamoid. Okay, so the rabbis were allowed to tell us what falls into the prohibition or not. 
It's much. It's, so they were equating. They weren't equating to the air uh, of Pesach to Cholamoid in degree of severeness of not working, but they were trying to understand if Cholamoid, which is more severe than air of Pesach, then certainly they should have some relaxation if it's allowed on Cholamoid. You could do it on air of Pesach and a little bit more. That's the point. Again, Cholamoy, generally speaking, asur, asur, asur. But the rabbi said, okay, we have to relax it a little bit because people won't have what to eat. So we gave conditions to allow certain things. Air Pesach, there's no biblical prohibition to work on Air Pesach. The rabbi said you shouldn't work on Air Pesach because for obvious reasons, but the Torah did not prohibit it. The Torah prohibited working on Pesach. Erev Pesach, so now the question is, so the rabbi said you can't work in certain places, so you can't work on Erev Pesach before Chatzos. So we're saying, well, listen, if I have certain leniencies on Cholamoy, I can use the same ones and a little bit more because this prohibition isn't as bad. Okay, so therefore the same thing over here, we will allow people to launder their clothes on Erev Pesach and to get haircuts. Okay, now what's interesting is these are the only three things that were permitted. When you make a list and you say, well, can't do it even before chatzos, but these are the three exceptions which seem to apply. There are no other exceptions. Because if you say these are the three, these are the three. Now, what did we just say last week? We brought a proof that if a guy doesn't have what to eat, you can give him work to do. Oh, so why don't we put that one down yeah. in this Mishnah on Erev Pesach? Yeah. Right? If you're telling me, normally a worker, you don't work on, on Cholomoy. We're saying, well, but if the guy has no food to eat, we can hire him, even though we shouldn't be hiring the guy. We can hire him for it to eat. So if that's what we do on Cholomoy, why didn't we mention this on Erev Pesach leniencies as well? What? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And he has to have a lot of food for Pesach. So, so that's Gemara's. Roshesh's wants to prove this. If it's like you say that you've proved last week, the wages for work that one doesn't have food. Is you're allowed to do it on Cholamoid, even though you don't necessarily need the work, or you normally shouldn't hire a guy to do your work, but to hire him because he needs money for food, you are allowed to hire him. So then that should be allowed. So he saw Schar Pula Shayla Sorry, more than this. So all sorts of work should be allowed on Chol, on, on Erev Pesach. All why? Why? Because Because we already said you can hire a guy to do work who doesn't have any food to eat. Right? So all these jobs should be allowed. The Mishra ever implies that most tasks are prohibited on Pesach. Or it limits work to just those three crafts. What about everything else? So that is an interesting uh, proof, it seems, that if it didn't say it, must be you can't do it, even to hire another a worker for what he needs to eat. 
to which the Gemara now will shoot down that proof. Maskevla Rav Papa. So remember, Rav Sheshis' whole question is based on we're comparing Cholamoy to the Pesach, or Pesach Cholamoy. So now we're going to go, and first of all, we've got, so this seems to be a question. I'm going to say, wait a minute, why do you want to say that it's the same uh, criteria over here? Because wait a minute, if you're already asking this question, you can ask a bigger question. If that's the case, that we only mentioned three things and we didn't mention others, so how about Binyan Lishtari? So according to you, then really everything should be allowed. You should even be to build an Arab Pesach. According to what you're saying, that if certain things are allowed on Chol Hamoid, you do it on Pesach, Arab Pesach, then I guess a lot of things should have been mentioned, like building. What's going on with building? Because we know Shekane Kosel Hagah. We know that a, a wall that's leaning dangerously into the public domain, what can we do on Chol Hamoid? So, sir, Ubona Kedarka Mipnea you can build uh, in the normal way because of the danger to the public. Okay, already learned this halacha. So according to Rav Sheshes, there exists an instance in which building is for not cholamoyed. should always be permissible. But the mission does not list building. See, it does not list building. So obviously, just because something's allowed in cholamoyed doesn't mean it can be done in Arab Pesach. Right, so therefore you can't bring any proof from that. In other words, this answer is saying that uh, you know, sorry, it's you, 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 you'd have a problem if you want to have a person do the work. So now, so Maskif Ravina, and now there's another question that's asked to Rav Sheshis besides this one, Elomayata. If if that's the case, also Lavlor Listeri. <laughs> A scribe should be allowed to write without any restrictions on Arab Pesach. Remember, once you have one leniency, you should be without any restrictions at all. Because what can you do on Cholamite? Because you can write documents of betrothal or bills of divorce and receipts on Cholamite. Right? So therefore, if you're allowed to do that, these things should be allowed as well. So therefore... You got major problems with your um, saying there's a proof that workers could work because this and then everything goes out the window then. So, so these are the questions on that. So, so Rav Papa and Ravina say show that Rav Sheshis's question is out. Okay, it's not an absolute comparison. So comes along Ravashi and says even something better. He says, are you, Rav Sheshis, comparing Moed Arbosa Karamis? You're trying to ask questions from what can be done on Cholamoid to what can be done on Erev Pesach. And you, and you were just saying, just as there's separate reasons. So he's saying, wait a minute. The whole thing, the whole analogy is completely incorrect. Why is it incorrect? Because they're based on two different reasons completely. So you can't say just because this is not allowed, so then or is allowed, then this is allowed because it's even more so. But wait a minute, there's no basis of comparison at all. Why is it on Cholamoid we don't want people to work? 
Well, Achol Amoy, the reason is Mishum Tirchahu, because of exertion. Why are you not allowed to work on Achol Because you have to focus on the boy. Just it's like you're not allowed to work on Shabbos. If you don't work on Shabbos, you're busy doing other things. You don't have time to enjoy the Shabbos. So same thing for Chol In general, of course, Shabbos, there's no exceptions. Very rare exceptions. Chol we can make more exceptions, obviously. But the main problem is Tircha. So therefore, Umishum Seda. So if there's a financial loss, Sharabon. The rabbis took that away. Okay? They, they, per, they permitted work uh, that will avoid a, a loss. Right? And therefore, obviously, if a guy has no food, right, then we don't worry about if there's exertion or not, right? That is the whole basis of what we're doing over here. So that is one set of rules. Our boss, or but Erev Pesach, Mishum Tzorach The whole reason we don't want you to work is because of festival need. We want you to be ready for the Yantif. Two different reasons why it's usher. And therefore, what will be the criteria for one is not necessarily the criteria for the other. So, midi tzorach yontuf shorabonan. So, anything that is for a festival need, the rabbis permitted, such as sewing, barbering, and laundering, which you obviously are in high demand to be ready for the yontuf. Midi the love tzorach yontuf, but something that is not a need for yontuf, lo shorabonan. The rabbis did not permit it. So now, coming back to our point, the fact that one who lacks food may work at any task on Cholamoid is irrelevant since these tasks do not necessarily fill a festival need. The analogy between Cholamoid and Pesach Eve is not a universal one, but it's valid only with regard to work performed for the needs of the festival, since as the three crafts listed are in that Mishnah. Other forms of work, even if they would be permitted on Cholamoid, cannot be done on the Pesach, Erev Pesach, because you're not getting ready for Yantav uh, there. So therefore, Rav Sheshis' challenge that he said from the beginning is out. In other words, Rav Sheshis takes issue with, uh, Ravashi takes issue with Rav Sheshis regarding the latter's contention that there's an analogy between Cholamoy and Erev Pesach and applies to all work that's permitted on Cholamoy. Ravash says, no, that only labors permitted on Pesach Eve are those that are permitted on Cholamoid because of the festival need. That's, that's what he's saying. That's the only way you can say is permitted or not. Rav Shesh assumes that the reason given in the aforementioned Brisa to permit sowing, barbering, and lording on Pesach Eve because they're permitted on Cholamoid is, is the primary reason. That's wrong. Ravash says that's only a secondary reason. The primary reason is these acts are needed for the festival. Although the you can ask, well, if the guy has no money to work, so what's what a festival? Although the fact that one who lacks food may work on Cholomoy does not teach that all tasks may be performed by anyone on Pesach Eve. It is true that one who lacks food will himself be permitted to work at any task on Pesach Eve. But as far as Ravashi was teaching, once you allow a little on Cholamoyed, you allow a lot more on Pesach, that will not apply. That's what he's saying. The reason the Mishra Shavim does not list one who lacks food along with the practitioners of the three crafts because it includes only crafts that are permissible in all circumstances. The whole point is, want to say, all circumstances of Erev Pesach 
are allowed. Why? Because once we have a leniency by Cholamoy, we have a leniency for this. But he says that's not the right basis because you're doing the basis to allow all kinds of whenever you whatever you want to do on Erev Pesach. That is limited to three. But everything else you want to now abstract further. You can't abstract more than those three to give carte blanche allowance on Erev Pesach because they're fundamentally based on different things. And therefore, we can, the fact that we don't mention workers and such, because it has nothing to do with the, to now, now our carte blanche, remember, he wanted to say, if you allow a worker who doesn't have food to eat on Cholomoy, all workers, no matter what, can work on Arab Pesach. That's what should be allowed. He said, what are you talking about? How can you compare the two? We're talking about getting ready for Yantif. Getting ready for Yantif, you don't just let anybody do anything they want. So we can't allow it. those three we do because those are Yontif needs. And now we can do any kind of sewing, professional sewing, and because for Yontif need, the guy needs to get it ready. But don't abstract because Cholomoyed was allowed under certain circumstances. Now it can be allowed completely on Erev Pesach. So how come if you can allow a worker for food, then every work should be allowed on Erev Pesach? And that's ridiculous. And there, that was one, sh- and the second point is the criteria is different. So therefore, we have Cholamoy, we don't work because the effort involved, finished. And therefore, all work, generally speaking, is not allowed. Cholamoy, finished. I, a worker who doesn't have any food, that's an exception to the rule. He doesn't have any food, so we'll allow him to exert. And then obviously, that will be allowed on Erev Pesach as well. But Eric Pesach was saying carte blanche, only three. Only three for the sewing and this and that. That's carte blanche. But you want to now say, oh, everything should be carte blanche. That is not a proper proof. And therefore, there is no proof against not paying workers who don't have any food. And therefore, the Gemara concludes, as we concluded last week, that if a worker has no food to eat, precisely no food to eat <coughs> on Cholomoy, you can hire the worker and... With, uh, even though you really don't need the work for to be done, I don't need it. And I would say, close the factory. And now we're, we're closed. The guy said, but I have no food to eat. Okay, then you open the factory for those who don't have food to eat. So that would be in the olden days. So now what's the extraction for present, current times? So that depends on a lot of factors over here. So on the one hand, one could say, well, I got a lot of workers. I got to feed them. Well, that's not so simple. Number one, if they're Goyish workers, there's no obligation on that. They don't have to keep Cholomoyed. I'm, I'm saying, you don't, I'm not obliged to worry about him having food. Okay, so it's Jewish workers, number one. Number two, you could say, well, listen. So, so the, the practical question is, can you keep your Factory. There's two issues here. There's the worker, the Jewish worker, can he work, and the Jewish owner. So the Jewish owner, now the question is if he's going to say, well, nobody could come into work this week, and no one's getting paid, let's just say. Guys say, well, guess what? I'm going somewhere else to get a job. What's going to happen after Cholomoy? The business is closed. Business is closed. So that will be a leniency if you were in that situation, okay? However, the question now is, what are other options? Remember, the only time we go to the leniency if there's no other options. 
Are there other options? Yes. Pay him for the week. Ah. Oh. work. So one, op- one option is you pay them for the week. Yeah. Now, what would be even better is you say, just like we know, for example, during the Christmas period, a lot of places say, you know what? Everyone is obliged to take this week off. It's forced vacation. You know, you're entitled to whatever. Three weeks vacation. Well, one week has to be the Christmas break. And that's accepted, yeah, in, in the business world, right? They say, you want to work for us? You want three weeks vacation? Fine, this is your vacation. So what you could do is you say, listen, you get many weeks vacation, but one week is going to be over Pesach, and one week's going to be over Sukkot, right? That would be one way, and certainly as well, you have, uh, what do you call it, um, Shabbos, Yontif, anyway, you're supposed to have your business closed. So you're just adding on to that. Okay, so the question is, remember, you're hiring your staff, so you're entitled to make those provisions. So, Unless unions are involved in well, okay, but when unions are involved, there are very few people owning these uh, factories that unions are working for that are Jews. Okay, I don't think Jews uh, have an issue of the Ford company. Well, you don't work for these. Toyota. Toyota. Right? Are there major Jewish uh, guys in charge of the company? No. So it's not an issue. He's Only, the major Jewish. Yeah, but he doesn't make decisions. So I'm saying, so if you have, you have, let's say you have a smaller bit, listen, where do we see, is it possible to do this? Sure is. What's the biggest proof? The Reichmans. Everything they owned. Everything they owned. Wherever they, they knew you worked for Reichman, no work on Shabbos Yantav Chomli. That's it. There's no work. Finished. They did pretty good. Yeah. They did pretty good, even without, even after Canary Wharf, they still did pretty good. He's got uh, Goyim working for him. Sure, he does. Yeah, but yeah. but they, they, they but you knew they get the week off, all the Jewish holidays plus yeah. their regular holidays. Yeah, that that was how they did. That's how they did things, and and you understood. And but you but but people gave them business because they got the jobs finished on time. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of reasons why jobs aren't done. And, you know, you can have places open all the time, but the workers don't work as efficiently as they can. Anyway, so that is a way of understanding that. Okay, we just got another minute or two. Let's just start the next Mishnah, and then you're going to see there's late in many questions. Okay. Moving. Can you move items? Especially moving your whole house. We can't move items from a house in one courtyard to a house in another courtyard as you're taking it through the public domain. Two reasons why you're not allowed to do that. First of all, it's a lot of, you see, a lot of exertion. Right? You're doing a lot of hard work. Even though you're not doing maybe a biblical prohibition, but you're still working hard. And secondly, it looks like to the people in the street that you're involved in weekday activities. Right? So that's why you can't do that in general. But he can move things from his house into his courtyard because it's not as public. Second point, you can't bring vessels back from the house of a craftsman on Cholamoid, okay, where the craftsman did it in his house, and now you want to take it to your house. 
Now you don't need it for the yantif, and they're safe, safe where they are. So why are you allowed to do it? You're not. It's extra exertion. However, but if you fear from them, meaning they may not, they may steal it or may not take good care of it, then you can take it out of the house and into a different courtyard where it is safer. Okay, we'll review this tomorrow and continue on. Thank mm-hmm. you.